We're so glad you're here with us today. My name is Joe. I serve as one of the pastors here at Riverbend, and we are just so thankful that you've decided to join us this morning. And one of my heart's desires on behalf of our whole team here and the leadership of Riverbend is for you to get connected into what's going on here. And one of the simplest ways to do that is to download the Riverbend app. And then as we think about what's happening today, we have an area called Sunday Essentials that allows you to follow along with a day's sermon, as well as finding other opportunities to get connected into the church here. And if you have specific areas of interest, you can let us know that or questions. We want to make sure you know that as important as it is for you to be a part of today, we want you to be a part of our community throughout the week. And so this is an easy way to figure out what's going on here. But again, we're for you and we're glad you're here with us today as we are continuing our teaching series called Run Your Race. Run Your Race. Now, as we think about this idea of running your race, and as we consider about how we go about doing that, and as we look at what that entails, and we've been breaking that down throughout this teaching series, there's something that happens even as we prepare for our run or as we continue on a run. There are times where we are shaken. We're shaken because of the fatigue or the exhaustion. We're shaken maybe because there's an injury that starts to happen. We're shaken in those ways. So here's a question for you as we think about running our race, running the race that we were created for. What has you shaken? What has you shaken? And and the physical body, when we're running, again, it can be a cramp, cramping up. It could be an injury. It could be just fatigue, exhaustion. But in life, this is also a picture of what takes place within us when it comes to our mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health as well. Because there are things that have us shaken or shake us to the core of who we are. And I want you to be thinking about that with me for a moment because as we look at those last 13 months, as we think about on a macro level, COVID, a pandemic, we think about racial unrest, we think about the political season and all the polarization and dehumanization of people, that's something that we have all been impacted by. That's impacted us. But then on a micro level, There are all kinds of things that we're dealing with, whether it's our school system shifting throughout this last year of how they've done things, you know, whether it's uh, the job that we once had, we no longer have, or we can't work the way we once worked, and, and all kinds of things are happening. There are all kinds of things that are taking place. Maybe it's a diagnosis that we've received in our own lives or in the life of a loved one. There's just all kinds of things that shake us to the core of who we are. In this last 13 months, it's, it's like my brother John says, it's like having a beach ball and holding it underwater. Eventually what happens is that beach ball pops up, right? And as we think about that in our own lives, you know, we have a, a breaking point. Each and every one of us has a breaking point. And as we have that breaking point, we've got to be able, we've got to be able to know how do we continue to stay the course? How do we go the distance in a moment like that, or several moments like that. Because one of the things that I'm hearing from people right now is that they're at a breaking point. What I'm hearing is the exhaustion and the anxiety and the stress. And I think we're starting to understand that with this pandemic specifically, while it's a whole year long and then it's continuing on, it's unlike anything else we've seen because it's not a day event. 
It's an ongoing thing. And the ripple impact and effect of that is having implications for us, but others as well. And so what I really want to help us to do is to answer this question today, which is how do we stay the course when shaken? How do we take in the oxygen, <laughs> the oxygen that we need, as they say on the airplane, right? When, when the airplane's going down, hey, before you help somebody else with their oxygen, <laughs> their oxygen mask, you need to take in the oxygen mask. And so today I want to help us to take on the oxygen mask and then to help others to get their oxygen mask as well. But I really want us to answer that question today. And we're going to see this as we read through Hebrews chapter 12, as we continue in this series. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And again, what we're answering is how do we stay the course when shaken? Listen to what it says here in Hebrews 12, starting in verse 24. It says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. See to it, I want to read that again, that see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. The word refuse speaks, to re, speaks of rebelling against or not listening to or ignoring or walking away from. He says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. And the him that it's speaking to is the God of the universe. The God of the universe who's revealed himself through what Jesus would do for us and by the power of the Holy Spirit is still speaking. And it really harkens back to what he says early on in Hebrews 3, where he says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Don't refuse him who speaks. Don't refuse him who speaks. Because when we're in the midst of being shook, it's easy to refuse him who speaks. But he's speaking. He wants to meet you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to show you the way forward. And it goes on to say, if they did not escape, when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? And really, this is a reference back to what he talks about in the beginning of Hebrews 12, as we looked at last week, about Mount Sinai, how God spoke to Moses on behalf of the nation of Israel and laid out for them a way of life after they left enslavement in Egypt to understand what he intended for their lives in the sure power and holiness and majesty and perfection of who this this God is he says listen if they weren't able to escape what God had for them if they weren't able to escape when he spoke on the Mount Sinai to Moses by touching that mountain it says that the the animals and the people who would do so would be stoned to death which was a reference to coming in the presence of God and his sure holiness and, and again power and might and majesty. He says, if that happened then, how much more will it happen for us? How much less will we, he says, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? He's warning us. He's speaking to us. He's wanting to lead us into a way of life that causes us not to miss, as Esau did, the inheritance that is ours in Jesus. To not be so about instant gratification that we miss out on all that he has for our lives. That we would settle for an imposter. Something that looks like the real deal, but is not the real deal. He doesn't want them to miss out. And, and you know what? Our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to miss out. But not to refuse him. 
to not refuse what he's saying, the one who's warning us from heaven. He's speaking. He's saying, hey, put your trust in me. I have a way that I want your life to be lived, and it's for your benefit. It's the way in which I've intended you to live and I've designed you for. And it says this, at that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. So there's a point where he's not only going to shake the earth, but the heavens, but also the heavens. It says the words once more, once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. And that's what we can see with our own eyes. That's what we can touch. That's the idea of this, this world that we live in that is temporary. And even the heavens that he created, as it says, that is created things. He specifies here, created things. Because again, God is the creator of all things. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. And this is really powerful because what you're starting to understand is the magnitude of God's voice. And what he says is, hey, as we think about and as we consider what it is that God has for our lives, we don't want to lose sight that the things that are created are going to be shaken. They are going to be shaken. We're shaken. The earth that we live on is shaken, right? It's shaken. It's shaken. But there's something that will not be shaken. There's something that will remain. And he's going to specify what that means in a few moments here. But I don't want us to miss this, that in our kingdom citizenship of joining Jesus as part of his royal family, as living in light of that, we are able with Jesus to talk through the things that we are shook about. We're able to weep with the one who weeps with us. We're able to cry out to him. And in the midst of weeping and crying out to him, it gives us this resilience to continue on, to stay the course. We're not talking about stoicism. We're not talking about pretending those emotions aren't there, but we're talking about taking them to a person and someone who can handle them, who is not shaken like created things are shaken. We can run to him. We can walk with him through those things. And we can live in a perspective that what's going on tomorrow, the tomorrow, the future hope that we have will impact our todays. That's why I'm able to talk to a mutual friend of mine recently who is helping those in the Myanmar community who have made their way here into the United States. And they're experiencing a lot of mocking and ridicule because of being Asian American and, and what that means for them as their country, their home country, is in disarray. And it's, it's really heartbreaking to hear what's happening and how people are saying, hey, you're the one that brought COVID here to the United States and, and how that community is in, in great fear and agony right now. And there's so much that's happening in them and around them as a result of that. And as I was talking to this, this friend who's helping them, I was able to pray with her and, and to say, hey, let's look to Jesus together in this because it shook me to the core to understand the magnitude of what these people are facing. It shook me, I mean, to the point where I was crying throughout the week just thinking about that. And in your own life, what does it look like for you? What are those things that you just need to identify as, hey, I'm being shook right now in this moment? Maybe it's a stress at work. Your work 
isn't slowing down. It's picking up. And you're still trying to, to make sense of how to do life in the midst of a pandemic. And it's hard and it's difficult. Maybe it's, it's young children. Or maybe it's a stressful and a painful relationship where you once were good and close friends with somebody, but you're no longer that. You're shook. You're shook up to the core. And I want us to know that there's one who will not be shaken. Like created things are shaken, but he, the one who's always the same, as Hebrews 13.8 will say, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change even when our circumstances change. So as we consider that, here's a couple things I want to give to you. God is so powerful when he speaks, he shakes the earth and heavens. God is so powerful when he speaks, he shakes the earth and heavens. And if you want to get a picture of the power of his voice, I want to encourage you to open up and read Psalm 29. Read Psalm 29 because it describes his voice in such a powerful, powerful way. And he speaks. And you know, as we think about what it is we're facing, as we're shook to the core of who we are, it was his voice that spoke over his son Jesus when he was being baptized. This is my son who I love and I'm well pleased with. And as he left that place and was in the wilderness being tempted and lies were coming to him by the evil one, Satan. And these lies were coming and they were packaged with some scriptural truth. But it was misusing scripture and using it in a way to justify what Satan wanted to do, which was to take him off his identity and what God, his father, had for Jesus. And you know what? In the very same way in our own lives, we need to hear God's voice. We need to make sure we're bathing ourselves in the truth of what God says for us and has for us. And that's why Paul in Romans 12, 1 and 2 would say, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind in the truth of God's word. Renew it so that you won't conform to the ways of this age because we're part of a wisdom that is not of this world. It's a kingly wisdom. It's a kingdom wisdom that will know no end and we want to be able to discern what he says of us and has for us. Again, God is so powerful when he speaks, he shakes the earth and heavens. We stay the course when we hear and obey our heavenly father. We stay the course when we hear and obey our heavenly father. It's not enough to say he's speaking and I hear him. We need to do what he asks us to do because when he asks us to do something, it is for our benefit and it's for his honor and his glory and it's to make much of him. But his commands are not burdensome. They are life-giving and they are the source that allows us to stand in the truth that sets us free by embracing all that he says and all that he has for us and the way in which we're intended not only to look at our own lives, but the life of those around us, the people around us, the world in which we live. And that's just what Jesus would say. You're my disciples if you take on my teachings and practice what I say, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is John 8, 31 through 32. And in that same chapter, he calls Satan what he is, the father of lies, the murderer from the beginning. And again, we combat those lies by standing in the truth of what God says and has for us. We have to hear, and that means we need to slow down, and then we need to obey. 
We need to practice what he says, and we're responding to his great love for us. So here's a question for you. Have you grown tough or tender towards God's voice? You know, a season like we've been in, it's easy to become tough towards it. It's easy to become tough towards God's voice. To say, you know what, my my heart's starting to get hard. I'm starting to become so jaded that I can't even hear him right now. But there's another way to take on these tough moments, these moments where we're shaken, and that is to cry out to him, and that is to have a community of people that we share in what it is that we're going through. Because I'm going to just tell you, if we're going to continue to go forward with all that God has for us, if we're going to live and run the race that he has for us, we're not going to do it alone. We're going to need to look to him, and we're going to need a community of people to share in it with us. Because as much as I want to believe once COVID is taken care of, life's going to get back to normal, I've started to realize there's implications and there's a ripple effect of what's happened over these last 13 months. And so if we're going to go the distance, if we're going to stay the course, we need to breathe in what he says of us and has for us, but we also need others to rally around us. And this is how we stay tender to his voice. These are some of the ways that we stay tender to what he says of us. Because if we're constantly at a place where we're allowing what's happening with us, when we're shaken to become stoic about it, or shaken that we run away from him, and in those pain points, we use it as a way to walk away from him and from others, we really can't move towards what he has for us. It hinders our lives. The people who process those pain points and those traumatic moments and those difficulties, no matter if they're small or big, when they do it before Jesus and with a healthy community of people who are pointing them towards Jesus, they are able to go the distance. They're able to stay the course. Study after study after study shows that to be true. So again, have you grown tough or tender towards God's voice? Well, it continues on, and it says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Again, let me read that to us. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And he says, listen, we're receiving a kingdom that will not be shaken. We are a preview of that coming kingdom. We are a preview of what Jesus is going to perfectly establish here on the earth when he does, deals, deals once and for all with all pain and sadness, and injustice, and he makes all things right, and he makes all things as they are intended to be. And we are a preview of that coming day. But one of the things that we need to do daily is to receive our identity. We are receiving a kingdom that will not be shaken. And to receive it means I am embracing it fully. I'm unwrapping it. I'm exploring it. I'm understanding it. It's the idea of what's going to happen Today, we're going to go celebrate my mother-in-law turning 75 years old. Can you believe it? 75 years old. 
And you know, I, I know my mother-in-law well enough to know that she enjoys a good party, but when people sing her praises, it makes her feel uncomfortable. Are you one of those types of people? <laughs> Where it's like, oh, I, I, I like, you know. She would much rather make the food, serve the guests. She would much rather that. And I have to lovingly say to her, I know, you need to receive this. <laughs> you need to receive the love and the affection that we have for you. We admire you and appreciate you. And you know what? In our own lives, there are gifts like that where we, we have to choose to receive them. We have to choose to receive them. There's an invitation given. We also have a choice not to receive them. You know, like my brother calls me and says, hey, I have a surprise for you. We're, we're going to be able to get into a Sixers game where they're taking on our Atlanta Hawks. Our Atlanta Hawks. And, and it's uh, a very small percentage of people are able to come into the arena because of COVID protocols. And I can say, yay or nay, I'm going to receive this gift or I'm not going to receive it. The choice is mine. But he says, since we are receiving a kingdom, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. And I think it's really interesting in the midst of times of being shaken and shook up, one of the ways that we combat that is through thankfulness and the other part of that is through worship. We worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe. We see him for who he is and we behold him and we are held by him and we declare you are worthy. You are worthy. And as we declare that we see his power and his might, he is a consuming fire. And this is a picture of what he's going to do. He's going to shake the all created things and establish that which will not be shaken, which is his kingdom that will know no end. And so as we think about that, I want to give us a couple things to consider. We stay the course when we remember we will receive a kingdom that will never be shaken. Isn't that good news? There's a kingdom that we're going to receive that will never be shaken. It's never, ever going to be shaken. We may be shook. Created things may be shook, but there's something that will know no end, and that is his coming kingdom. And we get to live in light of being citizens of that, of being part of the royal court, of serving in his kingdom. So here's a question for you. How is being part of the kingdom of Jesus impacting your daily living? Because our future, our future fuels our faith for today. Our tomorrow that is assured in Jesus, impacts the way that we go about living today. It's meant to do that because we are citizens of a kingdom that will know no end for those who are followers of Jesus. So how is that impacting you? How is that changing you from the inside out? How is that changing your character? How is that changing the way you're relating to your friends, your spouse? How is that changing the way you're relating and connecting with your kids and, and your community? How is it changing your daily living? How is it doing that for you? How is being part of the kingdom of Jesus impacting your daily living? The next part of this is that we stay the course by taking the time to share what we are thankful for. We stay the course by taking the time to share what we are thankful for. One of the most difficult things to do when you're shook up is to live in light of a perspective and from a viewpoint of a coming kingdom that you are a part of that will never be shaken. 
But the other part is to acknowledge what it is and who you are thankful for. And one of the habits I've tried to get into is every morning I review back to my day before and I just declare before my Heavenly Father, thank you for the individuals I met with. But I call them by name. <laughs> and, and I call their spouse by name if they're married. And I call their kids by name. I just declare thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for how you showed up in this situation or this circumstance. Thank you for this resource. And thankfulness will always change our perspective because attitude, gratitude changes our attitude. Gratitude has a way of doing that. I find it fascinating. Since we are receiving a kingdom that will not be shaken, you would think he would say something else, but he says, let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. That's part of what he lays out for those receiving this letter. And this is so key for us as well, because if we're going to stay the course, it's easy to get sidetracked by what's not. And I'm not saying that we don't need to be honest about that, that we can miss what is. And thankfulness gives perspective to what it is happening and how God is at work and who we are thankful for. So here's a question. Who are you thankful for? Who are you thankful for? And then specifically, this is what the question lays out here. What are you thankful for? And who will you express your thankfulness to? What are you thankful for? And who will you express your thankfulness to? And I want you to be thinking about that. What are those things? What if daily you created a habit where you just cried out to God and you thanked him for the people in your life? You thanked him for what he's entrusted to you. Well, that's gifts, talents, money, time, uh, the job that you have, the, the kids that you have, whatever it is. And then you take it a step further and you express thankfulness to the people in your life, to those closest to you and to those who that you, in, you interact with on a regular basis and even those you're still getting to know. But you just make it a normal part of your life through Jesus being a kingdom citizen to express thankfulness. Because there is a void of thankfulness right now. There is a high level of critique, criticism, commentary, but very few people who express thankfulness. And to be thankful for somebody is a form of encouragement. And to get specific, what if, what if you wrote that letter of expressing thankfulness? What if you sent that text message expressing thankfulness? What if you made that phone call? expressing thankfulness maybe you feel so inclined you send somebody a cup of coffee or send them a gift card just telling them thank you thank you and that comes as we live in light of the kingdom so again what are you thankful for and who will you express your thankfulness to what are you thankful for and who will you express your thankfulness to the other part of this is that we stay the course when we worship the one who is unshakable there is one who is unshakable. And as he is unshakable, it allows us to have this vantage point and this viewpoint that says, hey, we're ascribing to you what you're worthy of. And that's what worship is. It's to ascribe to someone what they are worth. And you know what? We all worship something. <laughs> we all worship something. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a team. You know, maybe you worship the Sixers or the Eagles and what does that look like? Well, it looks like you give attention and affection to. 
You know, maybe you worship a certain brand, a clothing brand. What does that look like? You give attention and affection to. And you spend money on whether it's a sporting event or a clothing item, right? You give resources to it. You, you make time for it. You know, you go to ESPN.com and, and you learn about the different teams, right? And what's going on and who they're playing against. Same thing with clothing, right? You look at the, the new fashion pieces coming out. Oh, I got to go get that, right? Same idea here. But there's one who's worthy of all worship and all honor and all glory. And that is our Heavenly Father who has revealed himself through, uh, to us through Jesus Christ, through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can worship him. So we stay the course when we worship the one who is unshakable. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to daily declare what you admire and appreciate about your Heavenly Father. Daily declare what you admire and appreciate about your Heavenly Father. Like thankfulness, it puts things in perspective and allows us to stay the course. This is what Jesus models for us. He would pull away and he would pray. He would express gratitude. He would tell his Heavenly Father, hey, this is what I admire and I appreciate about you. He would give praise to him. And so as you think about that in your life, what do you admire and appreciate about your Heavenly Father? And if you're not sure how to do this, because sometimes people are like, oh, prayer has to be this kind of complex thing, or I have to use these fancy words. No, you don't. (laughs) Just tell them what you admire and appreciate about them. What are those characteristics? What are those qualities? And if you need help, do what Jesus did. Jesus used the Psalms to help shift, shift and craft and communicate his gratitude and his prayers to his heavenly Father. And so if you need a psalm, I want to invite you to read Psalm 84. So we said Psalm 29. Psalm 84 is another great one. My mom sent that to me this week to read it. It's incredible. But read Psalm 84. Make it a part of how you de- declare to God what you admire and appreciate about him. If you're not sure if, if, if uh, that will work for you or if you want to try something else, you can also go through the alphabet. And for every, every letter in the alphabet, Use and say to your Heavenly Father something, again, you admire and appreciate about him based off that letter. So the letter A could be, you're awesome, you're awesome, and and I appreciate how amazingly faithful you are. You know, it's something like that. You know, what does it look like for you? But to daily do this, to daily do this. Because again, this, this is how we take in the oxygen to receive what it is that we need. And then we give that to others as well because it's going to impact us when we understand he's speaking and he's inviting us in to this relationship. And then he wants us to join him on seeing his kingdom advanced. And part of the way that we stay connected to him is through thankfulness. Expressing thankfulness to him and expressing thankfulness for others. And then the other part is to daily express our admiration and appreciation for him. Hey, my prayer for us is that we will stay the course, that we will go the distance. And in light of that, in light of this coming kingdom that we will receive, I want to take a moment just to pray over you. Let's pray together. Father, right now, we just want to declare to you that you are good and you're faithful and you're true. We thank you that you're speaking and that you're not silent right now. And you are speaking. I pray that our hearts
stay tender to you. Lord, I pray that we would hear and obey what you have to say. I thank you for that which will never be shaken, your coming kingdom. And Lord, I know many of us are tired, whether it's some really exciting things going on or some really stressful things going on. But Lord, as, as we think about our exhaustion, as we think about being at our breaking point, I pray we would take the oxygen mask on and receive your great love for us. I pray that we would come to you daily with thankfulness and with worship. I pray that daily uh, we would even just allow you to examine our hearts to see if there's anything in us that is offensive or anxious in us, Lord. And I pray that we would invite friends who are running the race with us, point us towards Jesus and on what's going on in our lives, God. We're not meant to do this alone. This last year, last two years, as we're getting even further away from the beginning of COVID, has been hard and heavy. But you've always been there. And I just pray that we would sense the hope that we have in you. Help us, Father. Help us to run with you, to rest with you, to let others in, and to experience your supernatural power that is at work in us and through us and around us. Lord, we thank you and we pray for anybody who's yet to put their trust in you that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.